Now then, Gav here. Um, just to let you know, this is uh, quite a clean episode, actually. So one that you could probably put on for the whole family. Um, oh, oh, actually, there, there is one thing. Neil was um, in the car while recording this. Claims that uh, he was on a break from work. But, well, if you believe that, you're more trusting than me. Enjoy. Hello, welcome back to Gas It Out. Uh, we are here once again in bright, breezy, beautiful West Yorkshire uh, on this end. And on the other end, uh, Neil Hodgson is out dogging. Is that right? What? No, I'm in my car. I'm not, I'm not dogging. I said I'm driving around naked. <laughs> no way I was saying, is that illegal? That is a question. Can, nice. can you drive around naked? If you wear a face mask. If you wear if you're wearing a face mask and you've got gloves on, can you drive around with no one with no with no kecks on? See what I did there. Oh, See what I did there. Plug, hashtag, plug, plug. Hashtag. Ha- hashtag the underpants have turned up. Have they? Oh my god, Gav. Well, there's first of all he's got the size wrong, size mediums. Well, he's got it well too big, I expect. So, way too big. Yeah. Everything's got to be tight. It's it's me. And um sorry, for those of you that not who didn't listen to the last podcast. We've got our first official massive sponsor, Kex, which is an underpant company that's owned by my mate, um, Ed Warren. But anyway, he sent these undies, right? He sent me three, four, five pairs. Are they Larry? Because I've seen them. Yeah, they're Larry. They're Larry. And you (laughs) can imagine me. Are they for a 56-year-old man? (laughs) 46, (laughs) dickhead. 46. Right, listen. I showed them Vic, and she just went like this, right? And this funny voice, she went, No. <laughs> so then I held up some more. She went no, and then I held up some more like plain ones. She went, oh, they look all right. They're, they're really a, nice. You're doing really a cracking job of, of sales pitch. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Well, <laughs> no, but they're just for they're for young cool people. Which I looked in the dictionary. I looked under young and cool, and there's definitely not a picture of me. So oh, they're just l- loud underpants. That's why I'm just surprised they haven't sent me some head. Yeah, so uh, you know, because I obviously clearly fit that demographic. Yeah, slot right into graphic. it. Yeah, um, hey, I've seen that you've been out spray painting. What have you been doing? I said, I thought first of all, I saw this um, video of you in full gear, and I'm thinking, hey, here he is doing uh, doing something at the hospital. No, spraying. <laughs> I'm actually here now. So my mate owns a spray painting shop. Basically, does cars, does uh, stuff for the NHS. So he's been flat out. He's worked all the way through. Anyway, he's mentioned it to me. It's Dickie, who I always talk about. Port Scratching Dickie. Dickie. Port Scratching Dickie, who gets more, more name shout-outs, <laughs> yeah, name he, checks than, than, than Valentino Rossi. <laughs> um, he said, I could do with a hand, really. Next week, I'm, I've got so much on. It's basically, he's on his own, so um, he, he needs someone to help him out. We've, we keep away. No one comes there, so it's not like there's like, people coming in, so I don't feel like I'm, I'm out of order. So wait, um, wait, wait, kept... wait, 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 wait a second. He needed a hand, so he got you. Yeah, yeah well, you know me. Jack I did, of trains, I did see of someone's hand. comment of uh, uh, more runners in the London Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get what. But what's funny about Dicky is he's let me have a go. He's like the opposite of what you'd think. Now, I don't mind doing a bit of rubbing down and a bit of masking and all that lot. And if there's got some primer needs to go on, no one's going to see it. Yeah, I'll have a go at that. But he's going, no, no, come in. No, you finish that off now. You finish it. You can do that. You can put that the, the lacquer on the clear. Oh, uh, oh I'd love to do oh, that. Oh, it's brilliant, honestly. It's so it's so. I bet it's rewarding. satisfying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really satisfying. Yeah, yeah. And he's such a good teacher. So I've I've loved it. I've loved it this week. So, so. You've, you've basically got yourself a trade. I've got myself a job. There you go. <laughs> well, when was the last time you had one? Seventeen was it? Yeah, eighteen. Eighteen. Ni- no, nineteen. Sorry, nineteen. So no, yeah, eighteen. Eighteen. So nineteen ninety two was the last time I did a day's work. So. <laughs> Hey, that's some sabbatical, isn't it? Bloody hell. <laughs> Bloody hell. But you're going to get your B-Tech this year. Good on you. Um, yeah. No, actually, it actually looked quite good fun. I, everyone, I, I, I think everyone I, has that I, thing about, oh, I'd love to be able to spray. Yeah, I'm a do you know what, place Gab, where you on, spray Honestly, it, it's, it's, it, it's interesting. What you can't believe is how much work goes into preparing a motorcycle, basically the fairing and the tank. Like, when you get a tank, then you have to rub it down and then you have to put the primer on and then you have to rub that down and then you've three coats of paint then two coats of lacquer mm. like it's ex- and 
you know what I'm like? I'm I'm always intrigued of how much things cost. So I'm like, well, how much is that tin of paint? And he's going, have a guess. And I go, 45. And he'll go, 175. I'm like, oh, bloody hell, how much is a lacquer? And he'll go, guess. And I'm like, all right, 60. And he'll go, that's 200 quid. It's Everything's expensive, really expensive. Because I'm used to going to B&Q and buying some garden paint and thinking I've been ripped off because <laughs> I bought some fence paint. And you buy like it from B&Q quid. and you know, you know that I should have gone to Screwfix, something like that. You know. Yeah, yeah. You, you're always getting ripped off at B&Q, aren't you? We can say that. There are other places you get ripped off as well. Yeah. <laughs> home base. Bad. Home base is another one. Which is the worst, do you think, for getting ripped off? I reckon B&Q is the worst. Is it? I don't, we don't have one around here. We've only got home base. And, I, and only there's only a couple of things I'll get there. Everything else. I've got, I've got a tool station and a screw fix. And, uh, yeah, I'll go to one of them instead. Hang on, I've just opened the door. Can, does it sound any different? I've opened the car door. I'm starting to sweat because the sun's <laughs> shining on the car. It's like I'm sat in a sauna. It'd be like one of those... Get the uh, RSPCA round, like when there's a dog in a car. I've just looked at myself. I've just looked at myself. I know that's not like me. And I'm bright red. I've got that proper, like... Ner- <laughs> like you know when you go nervous because you're doing an interview? Oh, I'm nervous. You know when yeah, uh, you set your mirrors up in your car? Instead of trying to see the cars behind, are you... Usually they're on me. Facing yeah, <laughs> they are on me. Hey, have you ever been looking at yourself and nearly run into the back of someone? Or is that just me? That's just you. Oh my God, it's a horrible feeling. You're just having a quick glance, just like messing with the hair, trying to like cover the bald spots. <laughs> and, well, and I have that like, oh, problem, so don't worry, yeah. I have that no, issue. Um, let's have a quick uh, chat about our guest today. Uh, now, it's great. It's our first, is it our first non-Brit? No, we did, did Brad Binder. Oh, of course, did Brad Binder. Okay, oh, first you, non-English you, speaker. That's, yes, that's what, I'm, that's what I was getting at, basically. Hey, we've, we've picked a good one. Yeah, well, we've got... As in, no, as in he speaks perfect English. Oh, absolutely perfect English and a lovely Better chat than me and you. with it. Yeah, well, this is the problem <laughs> we're going to have, is uh, that he'll show us up without a doubt. And he's shown a lot of people up over the years. Started racing late, uh, 19 years of age, I think it was, when he came in. Never went through the the Spanish system, had a tragedy. His dad passed away when he was young, moved over to the east coast of Italy, up to the Riccioni, the the area where Valentino Rossi's uh, from, and a lot of the Italians are from that area. And came through the Superstock classes. European Superstock won that, uh, made his way into Moto2, and he arrived on the scene, and you thought, yeah, he's clearly got some talent, but raw. Uh, And uh, he's become, since then, part of the Valentino Rossi Academy, became Moto2 world champion in 2017, moved up to MotoGP the following year, then went into the Petronas team when it was started uh, last year. Had an impressive season uh, last season. Of course, I'm talking about Frankie Morbidelli. You know, because you've already pressed it to download this podcast. But, Neil, I'm excited about speaking to Frankie, who is perhaps the coolest, the most laid-back MotoGP rider, is that fair to say? He's got his own personality, hasn't he? He is he's so laid back. Like, I interview him on the grid, and, you know, I mean, you don't get a more tense part of the weekend. Everyone's... When you're on the grid, you are so nervous. When the race starts, it's actually OK, because you've, you've got a lot on your mind. But sitting there, everybody's anxious, and he is Mr. Cool. It's just like... Like, you know what I'm like? I'm excitable at the best of times. But, like, I'll ask him a question, and he's, he's just a real matter-of-fact, no BS... No PR spin. He's straight talking. Nice bloke. I don't know him that well. He's one of the riders I'm not too um, not friendly with. You don't see him about, really, do you, Gav, if you think about it? He sort of keeps out of the way. When you see him, he's very polite, smiley, happy-go-lucky. But you just sort of, I don't know. Like a Jack Miller, you you see him like tw- 20 times a, a day, don't Razzing you? Razzing around or, the paddock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Where Frankie's... I just looked, you know, I, we would, I did a bit of re, uh, research on him this morning. And you, got, I look uh, and I'm like... But what? You what? A bit of research? What yeah, is this? You've it... changed since you've become a sprayer. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you're a dick. Um, <laughs> I laughed. It's like, God, he's only 25. Yeah. He seems older because he's, he's mature and mm. he's calm. And you know what I mean? He, I don't know. He, he, he does like seem he's 30. He does seem worldly, doesn't he? There's something yeah, he about it. He's half Italian. Uh, father was Italian. His mum's Brazilian. Um, so he's got that split helmet. I love, always love that helmet. Italian flag on one side, Brazilian flag as well uh, on the other side. I think there's something feels more Brazilian about him than Italian. Don't you? Me too. 100%. Yeah. And I think because there's so many Italians in the paddock that look Italian and seem Italian, he's, he doesn't seem Italian. He has got that Brazilian look about him. Um, 
And and you know what? And I know you know this, Gav, but bloody hell, he can ride a bike. Yeah. He's seriously well, good. Last seriously year, good. he had Fabio Quartararo as a teammate. Bear in mind, the year before, he'd been on the Mark VDS bike, hadn't he? Uh, in in MotoGP. Um, and then he, he got a switch from the Honda to the Yamaha. So it's a learning process. And that first year on the Honda was a customer Honda. We all know how good they've been over recent years, don't we? Um, so it had been a, a tough baptism in his rookie year. However, I think if Quartararo hadn't been there last year, we'd have been quite impressed, wouldn't we? De- definitely. He, I mean, he qualified in the front row quite a, quite a few times. Um, he didn't get a pole position. He was second a few times, wasn't he, actually, to his teammate, to his teammate Quartararo. Yeah. Um, he had four fifth-place finishes. The thing is, though, if you look at his season, it wasn't inconsistent. He finished 10th in the world. But there were a lot of races, Gav, where he was right up there, you know, battling at the front. Yeah. So yeah. But that's one of the questions I want to ask him. What's it was Almost like he didn't quite finish some of those races off. What's going to make the difference this year? Was that down to inexperience, making just one one mistake? Well, whatever, you know what I mean? We'll find out. So... Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, we haven't got him for long. I know that. How long has he said we can get him? Yeah, for, twenty minutes or so. About twenty minutes. Oh, which is long enough. We'll get. Well, some the thing is, they've been able there. to go back training in Italy, and I don't know if you've seen. Well, you will have seen because I sent you some of the pictures and some of the videos. But he's been out with Valentino Rossi and with Luca Marini, and they've been razzing. They've been having some fun. Oh, it's, uh, it does make you slightly jealous, doesn't it? Um, they have been having a right old time out on the bikes. Um, so. They just had to slot us in. So we've been asking yeah. for a while for this, as we have for a few others. <laughs> um, so say no Don't more. Don't mention Petrucci. Go so on. I've not mentioned him. I've not said a word. I was thinking this I was thinking this morning. I woke up this morning and I thought, bloody hell, if Gav mentions, um, anyway, we're supposed to be getting Petrucci later this week. I'm going to, I am going to flip. Silent. Not not even said I was anything thinking, about he it. Follows me on, he follows me on Twitter. I'm sure he follows you. We can. I think we should. I'll just private message him. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that on Instagram anyway. Obviously, the PR guys um, who we get on with. What's it called Arta? Arta. Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, he's just had a baby. Baby. You see, this is be, this has come right in the middle of Arta having a baby. So anyway, oh, fair enough. Just, we weren't going to talk. We weren't going to mention. It. I was. See, I didn't even want to mention. We didn't want to talk what, about it. Petrucci, this Petrucci, that. Bloody, just sort him out, Gav. Anyway, we're talking about another Italian uh, now and we are talking about Frankie Morbidelli and he's going to join us right now. I think we may have Frankie there. Yes, I'm here. Ah, Hola, buongiorno. Hi, Gavin. How are you doing, Frankie? Good to see, uh, speak to you. How are you? Good, good, thank you. Neil is also I- here. He's... Uh, Neil Hodgson's just in his car at the moment. He, so we're speaking to him in his car. <laughs> How are you doing, Frankie? Fine, Neil. How Very are good. you? All good. Ready you ready to get back. To? Where are you driving to? I'm not. I'm sat at my friend's place. My friend is called Dickie and he's a paint sprayer. And I've been helping him doing some paint spraying. Cool. <laughs> I'm loving it. Loving it. I've got a new job, Frankie. <laughs> A, a real, nice. I've Sounds got a real nice. job. It's a real job. <laughs> it's good fun. Basically, what I'm doing is I'm doing paint spraying. I'm paint spraying some motorcycle parts, so fairings, tanks. So if you ever need any work doing, remember, just <laughs> okay. I'll give you I'll give you my number later, and you can okay. just you know if, you if exactly if any of the VR46, you know, if Valentino needs anything painting, anything, just send it over to me. I'll do you a good deal. That's all Thanks. I can say. Thanks, thanks for proposing. Yeah, <laughs> he's always he's a salesman. He's always <laughs> looking to get an angle in. But uh, Frankie, you you've actually um, you've been back with the gang this week, haven't you? You've actually been able to go back to the ranch. I saw some video of you out with Valentino and Luca uh, this week. How much of a relief was that? Yes, we've been back with the gang, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was was uh, was a great relief. It was a great relief after. Um, so much time far from from what I've always done in my life and what have what oh, has always been close to me throughout all my life. Uh, it was nice to to get back at it, you know, after two months uh, of 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 nothing basically. So were you a bit was, rusty? 
Were you a bit rusty? Did you did it feel, or was it like one of those? They always say getting back on a bike is just you, know, you never forget that. But was there a bit of an edge where you felt, oh, okay, this is uh, what it's like to uh, lose the rear again when you're flat tracking? <laughs> no, I mean uh, I didn't, I didn't feel rusty, but of course maybe I looked a, a bit, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, stiff. Stiff. They told me. <laughs> so yes, yes. Uh, it it felt exactly the same as the last time I I I left a bike, but maybe it didn't look exactly the same. Fra- Frankie, how, how does it work when you when you arrive there? Is everything structured? Is there a plan? Is it like oh, so today we're gonna do be the flat track bikes for one hour, then we're gonna do some motocross? How does it work? Well, um, so Vale at his place, he has uh, an oval, he has a ranch, uh, you know, a dirt track yep. track. He has uh, an MX track, uh, quite easy one, quite an easy one. So basically, mm, we talk uh, before the starting of the week. And we choose. We try to choose which which discipline we want to do in which day. Yeah. So we, for example, we say, okay, today we're gonna do just oval. So on the afternoon we we ride on the oval and that's it. Uh, tomorrow we're gonna do motocross and then we go uh, we go at this track or uh, or on another track. So we choose the discipline and we just do one discipline. Right. And do you, and Frankie, do you prepare your bike, or are there are there a group of guys who prepare things for you? No, no. Uh, it would have been it it been a it would have been a big trouble if I had to do my bike. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, You're not so, technical. Are you not technical minded? Then are you? I'm not technical minded. No. No. I'm more uh, riding orientated. Let's say. <laughs> I think and, I feel that. That's that's a strange thing for me because I grew up in a, in a workshop. So my father was a mechanic, uh, a mechanic. So um, it's it's pretty strange, but I cannot put my hands on any mechanical machine. It's funny, whatsoever. isn't it? Because a lot of riders are a bit like that. Neil, were you a bit like that as well? Your dad exactly. was a proper yeah. fettler, wasn't he? Not yeah, even. I mean, he it, built bikes so. Exactly, and my dad was a good tuner, really good at everything involved with motorcycles. And I'm the total opposite. I'm like Frankie, just. And what would happen is though, he'd do all, all the work on the bike, and then he'd say, like on the motocross bike, when I was a kid racing schoolboy motocross, he'd say, "Oh, put the seat and side panels on," and I'd do that. But then I'd cross thread putting the <laughs> the bolt in, and then my dad would go crazy angry, you know. So then it made me nervous. So now I just I keep away from touching bikes. I like people to do everything for me. I'm a bit lazy that way, but that's much better. That much. That's much better, Neil. Yeah. So working and then after, after that riding, it's too much of uh, of work, you know. Exactly. Either you ride it or you work on it. I totally agree. The only thing after riding <laughs> is a beer and something to eat. Obviously, obviously, you don't yeah, want yeah. to be messing around. Just yeah, maybe wash your hands first. Uh, but who, Frankie? When you're doing these different things, we were talking about it before with myself and Neil. Um, you do your flat track, you do your motocross. Sometimes you go out at Mizano. You've been out, I've seen in the past that you've done those sorts of things on on um, street bikes. Who's quick? I, we all want to know. I don't, <laughs> is it the same person every time? or? Well, uh, so it depends by the discipline. So for sure, motocross is uh, Manzi. Really? Yes, he's a, he's a great uh, MX rider. Really, he, he used to do it when he was a little kid. So he started. He started off by doing that. So he starts um, as a motocross rider, and then he transforms as a as a road bikes rider. Sure, he's he's the fastest on MX, and then uh, at the ranch, uh, which he, I think that. That's where uh, there is the most of uh, challenge, you know? Yeah, it's more because, balanced. Uh, yes, yes, because uh, there's a big battle between uh, Luca, Vale, me, Pazzo. Migno is fast as well. 
Um, Mino's one of our favourites, Frankie. We, we love Mino. We love him. He, make, he makes us laugh. We we all love Mino. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know you know what, Frankie? The, um, since you you joined the academy, you 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 moved over to Richoni, didn't you? From a young age, your father moved you, your your family over from Rome, um, but yes. that, to, to to get into motorcycling. But since you've joined the academy everything seems to have exploded for you and you didn't come through the normal route like moto 3 and the cv you came from Superstock. you came across to moto 2 and you started racing late you must feel like uh you not owe a lot to the academy but that that's it's been your uh i don't know i don't know how to describe the rock that you've been able to to lean on yeah for sure, the academy was uh, was a boost for for my career. Um, all the guys uh, from the academy helped me out very very well um, during all my career, and they um, for sure they gave me they gave me a kick in in the butt when <laughs> when I had to jump from uh, stock six hundreds to Moto two. For sure, it would have not been a natural step for for a rider coming coming from another environment, you know. Mm. So after winning the European Championship, I I seriously doubt that if I wasn't if it wasn't for the academy, I would have would have not jumped to tomorrow too. So was 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 all thanks them and thanks to the, the teams that that gave me the opportunity to show my uh, my potential even if if I was coming from from another world let's say so um yeah definitely the the academy did a, did a great job with me and, and they're doing a great job all with with all the other writers that they have uh, and Frankie can you imagine so that, that's about six years ago when you moved from European Superstock to, to yeah. the the Grand Prix paddock. That yeah. first year when you arrive there and you're nervous and obviously everything seems big and your heroes are there riding, if somebody would have said to you then, that day, don't worry, Frankie, in six years from now, you'll be doing MotoGP <laughs> and potentially <laughs> Valentino Rossi will be your teammate. And a world champion. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You, you'll have won the Moto2 World Championship on your way, of course. What would you have, what would you have thought? Mm, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have imagined uh, <laughs> such such a nice future for me at the time. I was just, I was just doing my thing. I was just riding, and I was just trying to adapt. And I was just trying to don't be eaten, eaten by 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 this world. You know, I, yeah. I just wanted to to show up and uh, and do my thing at best, and do the best that I could. And even better because uh, I didn't want to just take part, but I, I wanted to um, be be over there, you know, be on on top spots, trying to fight for top position because it's always what I was uh, I was uh, used to. So when I when I was racing with pocket bikes, I was uh, I was always used to fight for top spots, and then when I moved. Into the other championship where I raced, everywhere where I raced was I was I was used to fight for top five. So once you get used to that feeling, you know, once you get used to fight for top spots, you you want it again, and you you always looking for that again. Yeah. And I wanted to look for that feeling again, also in a in a championship that looked so far from me and looked so higher than me. I wanted to. I I showed up, but I wanted to to make good, just not just to take part, as yeah. I said. And luckily, luckily we managed to do it. Luckily, we managed to do it. And what do you think's made the difference, though? Like, you know, what? How have you been able to do that? Is that down to like massive self belief or just training or what? It, could like like for the young kids that are listening, like what advice could you give them? So strangely, strangely, um, I took it easy. Let's <laughs> say. So I was, I had, I had, um, I was hungry. I was, 
I, wa- I wanted to make good results, but I wasn't rushing into uh, looking for those good results. So I wasn't burning my steps. I was doing every step that I was doing, I was doing it according to the length of my leg. And uh, everything I was doing, I was consolidating it um, with, with, my, with the guys that were working with me and uh, with the guys at home. And so it was, um, it needed to be a fast process, but at the same time, it, you needed to take it easy in order to make those steps stable and, uh, and, and steady, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's difficult as an advice, but the, the best advice that I can give and what, what was useful for me was to take in it, taking it the thing easy. Yeah. You know, not, not rushing too much into the next step, but taking it easy. So yeah, that, that, makes that, sense. that feels like the Brazilian side of you, definitely, Frankie. Yeah. We always say that you, you, you come across as you've got that Brazilian temperament a bit more. And I'm just, I'm interested because as you said, you, you know, you're, you're only you're still young now, but it's been quite quick from starting relatively late, effectively in, in the world championship compared to the kids like your teammate, Fabio, who was, you know, junior world champion at 13 and 14. And, and, and we spoke to you, didn't we last year about that? And I, I always have this concern, Frank, and I'm sure you've met lots of racers who haven't made the grade, haven't made it up to, to the level that you're at now, who are cast, cast aside maybe at a young age. Uh, and and that's the concern, isn't it? With people like Fabio, who's 20, that everyone's going to be looking for the next Fabio when there are actually Frankies out there who, uh, who have got the talent and they've got the ability. Does that, mm-hmm. does that make sense? So, um, you need to come again. You need to come again so I can understand better the question. So, I'm, I'm saying that I have a concern that, that there are riders like yourself who are just getting into Moto2 at 19 or 20 and, and haven't come the traditional route. Yeah. Yet, it looks now like a lot of the team managers in MotoGP, for example, are looking for the next 15-year-old kid or looking for the next Fabio. Quateraro, for example, because he's 20 and he's had a pole position and he's challenged uh, so on and so forth. When we know there's talent like yourself and what you've been shown you're capable of out there, does that make sense? Uh, do you feel that there is a, uh, too much looking at, at young riders when you're saying, take your time, find your feet? Well, uh, the truth is that uh, for for the team managers and for for the show, um, it's more it's more um, entertaining and it's more exciting to see a young a young rider and a young talent doing great stuff hmm. as Fabio as Fabio is doing right now. I mean, uh, that's 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 a, that's interesting and that's exciting. Talent is everywhere. I mean, talent, you can find talent everywhere. You have to, I think, in this world, there are many, many riders with talent. Um, but you have to um, work on yourself. You have to work on your talent. You have to, to have good people surrounding you. So this is not always, this is not always the case. But if you... Um, if you start early, being a, um, being a fast rider, if you start early being a, a successful rider, you have much more opportunities to 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 go ahead mm. because because uh, you're much more of an exciting material than than uh, than maybe a little bit older guy that. He's, he's growing up in another championship and he's going fast, okay, but not super fast. But the cream generally, so, doesn't it, rises to the top at the end of the day. That, that's generally what we say in racing, isn't it? So I, I just wonder, Frankie, though, because uh, now there is talk that your teammate, we know Fabio's going to the factory team, your teammate next year might be the most veteran of all, might be Valentino. What, what, what would you think about that if that were to happen? That my teammate could beat Valentino. Yeah, 
Ah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it could be. It could happen. Uh, it can happen. I mean... Uh, you don't know any secrets you can tell us. <laughs> about who? About Valentino, about them possibly being your teammate. Ah, no. I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any secrets, Gavin. I don't oh. know any secrets. I, I'm I'm reading I'm reading the newspapers as you guys. <laughs> so I have the same info as you. As you. That's good diplomacy. Good good Thank diplomatic you. response. We we don't we don't have the information, but what we do is we make up the stories. <laughs> so. Just just like and the rest of the media. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of it. We get a lot of enjoyment out of making up our own stories. Yeah, 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 it's. It, it's just, it's an uh, it's a really fun thing yeah. to make up stories. Exactly. And, uh, it's it's uh, it's nice. It's nice. I like your style. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie, last year you was very impressive. You, you know, it was your second year in MotoGP, first year on the Yamaha. You finished tenth in the championship. You had four fifth place finishes, but also you were you were right up there in the mix in a lot of races. We saw a lot of you. What's going to make the difference from the fifth place finishes? What's going to make the difference? How are you going to be able to finish off? Because in some of them races, it looked like, oh, this, this weekend it's going to be a podium for Frankie. And then it not, didn't quite happen. What, like, what pieces, yeah. we'd, we'd explain it this way, what pieces of the jigsaw are missing? So, um, yes, uh, le- last year was, um, was a positive year for me. I was fast. I was. Uh, I had. Uh, I had a good. Good level throughout all the championships, especially especially towards the end. But um, mm, I wasn't the fastest inside the team, and this was. This, this is a thing that uh, is burning. Was burning a little bit inside me, you know. So. I tried. I tried this winter to sort out something to step up my level, and I tried so hard this winter to understand how how to do it, how to to you know jump on the on, on that podium on some and um, try to to step up my game to challenge my teammate, uh, which is uh, unbelievably fast. So and challenge all the other uh, guys of the pack. So I thought about it. And um, the truth is that I try to um, understand what uh, who was doing better than me last year did. So I tried to understand what Fabio did. And uh, I tried to understand his uh, training. I tried to understand his writing. I tried to understand... Uh, how he approaches and why he's so fast during a single lap and why he's so fast during all the race also. So I try to understand those things and um, I try to improve myself. Under First of all, under the point of view of the fitness, under the point of view of being a much more of a professional during my home staying. So I try, I try to do that. And... Um, we arrived at the, the tests and we arrived uh, in a very good shape. We arrived well. We we had a good package, even though we had the 19 bike with uh, with some upgrades. We were um, competitive, and especially in the in the last test, we we were um, super competitive. So that was uh, that was a great start. Then all this uh, nightmare came, and we don't know what I could have done. We, I hope that uh, we could be able and we can be able to see what I'm capable of in uh, in a short time. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's it's just a, a it's basically a bit of everything. It's not just one thing. Like you've just worked on mm. your fitness. It's analyzing well, everything. Fitness, you know, trying to. So to answer to your question, um, what I was missing last year was uh, speed in in race. You know, yeah, so yeah. consistency in the race. I was I was dropping at one point, or I didn't have. I looked at the pace in the practices, and then in the race, I didn't have a pace at all. So, was uh, it was a little bit like that last year. Mm. So we tried to work a lot in the tests on uh, on used tires. We tried yeah. to work with uh, with the race pace, and um, which we quite we didn't quite do too much last year. Because we were 
um, chasing a lot the um, performance because we were chasing the performance to try. We were trying to match the performance of my teammate. We were trying to match the performance of the other Yamaha riders. So we we looked. We lost. We lost a bit the eye on mm. on consistency. Yeah. While while luckily this year we showed up at the first test and we immediately had the performance. We were fast, so we had the chance to concentrate more immediately on the race pace and on the pace with used tires, and we were able to get better and better at it. And uh, finally, in in Qatar, we had one of uh, the best paces uh, that were on on the track. So that that was uh, that was a uh, a good feeling and it was a relief but then after that all this thing came yeah which is a shame yeah. that you weren't able yeah. to show it uh, neil i think uh, before we let frankie go we need to um, hit him with the with the quick fire questions yeah frankie base, basically how this podcast works is we have a little chat and basically yes. we, we call we call them the, the the soft questions the easy questions <laughs> Because okay. Gav's not Gav's not got a lot of experience at interviewing people, so then the quick fire round, I control. It's very it's high level questions. You might have to use extra brain power. <laughs> so they're just quick quick questions, and it's so that the people at home can really get to know Frankie Morbidelli. So okay. first question is: As a kid, what poster did you have on your wall in your bedroom? Like, was it a motorcycle racer? Was it a girl? It... Poster. I have Ayrton Senna's poster. In oh, yes. front of my bed since I'm a little kid, and I still have it, and I still bring it wherever, in whichever home I I live into. So Brilliant. I moved, Amazing. I moved three houses in my life, and I always had Ayrton Senna's same, the same Ayrton Senna's poster in front of me. I love that. That's probably the best answer we've had, Gav, on that. One, it is, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Frankie, in England, we love we love to go to the pub. We like a drink. You know, Me Gav, Gav, loves the sh- Gav drinks shandy, which is like le- lemonade and beer. It's quite embarrassing, but that's another story. Frankie, what is your drink? Me and you, we're going to go for a pint or go to the pub. What do you want? What, what's your drink? So going to the pub, um, probably, yeah, I would, I would take a beer. I would take Good a lad. Yeah, I would take a beer, yeah. A small one. A small one. I was thinking, no, don't spoil I it. was thinking, no. Frankie, that you might go for a capirinha, something with cachaça in or something like that. And we were yeah, reminiscing about how drunk you get on a capirinha. No, don't <laughs> tell me about capirinha. No. I went I went to my house, to my mom's house the other day and she made capirinha. And uh, yeah, I got I got uh, a bit scared about capirinha. <laughs> I'm <lately>. not surprised. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's a great cocktail, but you... you the problem is, if you have three, you cannot walk. That's the problem, isn't it? So, <laughs> yes, so, yes, that's pretty so, much the problem of Cabirinha. So, Frankie, you were born in Italy. Uh, your mum's Brazilian, your dad was obviously Italian. So yeah. you know a bit about food. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of this, but obviously coming from England, it's the best food in the world. <laughs> and I'm sure, you, I'm sure you will appreciate that. So, what for you, what would be your favourite English dish? My favourite English dish? Yes. Indian food. Ah. Oh, good answer. <laughs> I mean, every time every time uh, I go to Silverstone, I all because pretty much all my crew is English. Mm. And with one Scottish guy. With, with, I was going to say make sure you mention the Scot otherwise you'll be yes, in trouble. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I don't don't want to fall in this mistake. And um they always bring bring us to the Indian to the, yeah. to an Indian restaurant, so I I think that uh, Indian food is uh, is a big thing in England. I don't massive. know massive. Yeah, yeah, we all love Indian food. That's yeah, yeah that's so. So true. I just I just eat Indian food in in England. So uh, yeah, well, it is our and national dish. It. Our national dish is is a chicken tikka masala. Ch- so, yeah. Chicken tikka masala is your national dish. That's pretty yeah. much. Yeah. It is, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So, <laughs> we love it. Yeah. Um you've had a you've had a busy day at the ranch. You've been riding around all day. You and all the gang, everybody. And then you mm. go, "Oh guys, we need to go to the let's just go to the bar and have one beer, you know, to cool off." Who is the person 
that is the slowest at going to the bar. Who is the guy who's not going to put his hand in his pocket? Like Gavin. Gavin always does this. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure, Antonelli, Nicolò Antonelli. Really? <laughs> Under the bus. That's, that's for sure. Yes. I, I love that. And so, last question. Um, you're, you're on the grid, you know, you, what, you're preparing for the race and there's TV stations going around interviewing you, interviewing you on the grid. Who is your favourite person that interviews you on the grid? Now, I know Sky Sports have, we, we call him Wiggy, the guy. We don't like him. We, <laughs> the guy who's got the bald head and wears the wig. We don't like him. So, so don't mention him. So is there any other one that interviews you on the grid that you like? Oh, dear. So, uh, oh, come on, Frankie, don't let me down. <laughs> okay, you come over pretty much many times, huh? Yeah, exactly. Many exactly. times, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I like your, your questions. I like your oh. questions in the grid. I like your questions. Oh. And you also have that, you know, that a little bit extra energy that gives you, gives you a little bit more motivation for the race. Perfect. Oh, I, like, I like your style, Neil. Frankie, you're a st- I will send you the money. No, just 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 send me just send me a new uh, painted fairing. Uh, no problem. No I tell problem. you the bike, and you paint a fairing for me. Deal. Deal. He's done. I'll get Deal. my mate. My mate Dicky will sort that out. Me and him will sort that for you. <laughs> Brilliant. Gav, you. Gav, I think we've finished on a high there. Well, you have, haven't you? Because you've had praise off of uh, Frankie, almost saying that you make him go quicker. Uh, well, there you go. Frankie, we can't wait to see you back out on the racetrack, uh, back out in MotoGP. We really appreciate you taking it. Appreciate you taking time out because we know you're back training now. Um, so good luck with the training. I uh, hope everything goes well for you guys at the ranch, and we can see you back in the saddle in MotoGP. Hopefully, fingers crossed in July. Finger crossed. Finger yeah. crossed. We. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. Yeah. Perfect. Good stuff. Will you get your training in and uh, up to speed and hopefully you can put everything you tested into practice in the racing. So we'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you, Grazie. Thanks. Ciao. 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 You see, in that instance, you are allowed to say ciao, ciao. Neil, yeah, when yeah. it's an Italian on the other end, not yeah. like last time with me. I know. It's sounding, like you're, it's sounding like you're leaving a dinner party or a cocktail soiree with canapes. Ciao, ciao, funny. darling. It's so funny, but my dad always says ciao, and he always, I cringe. I, I go, right, I'll see you, dad. And he'll go, yeah, yeah, ciao. He's like, ciao, come on, dad. It's Mark Hodgson <laughs> used ciao, really. Mark Hodgson from Burnley says ciao. It's like, yeah, but with the Italians, it's it's definitely social, socially accepted, isn't it? It is. Um, I can't believe that he almost said there that when you speak to him on the grid, he gets you know, get, get a bit of motivation in. I mean, you Energy are just going to use that now, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, let's let's analyse what he said. It's basically, now. like the warm up, like the warm up man. Yeah, I mean, he basically said, "Great questions on the grid, Neil. Um, <laughs> it's a pleasure talking to you, and the energy, the energy you've got, inspires me to." to perform to a level that even I didn't think was possible. That's what I got out of that answer. Not what you took, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm sat here with no, like, no pants on. I'm just happy. (laughs) Creepy. So creepy. Weirdo. Weirdo. There's not someone walking past with a dog, is there? Stop talking, (laughs) you lunatic. Hey, um, I could have spoken to Frankie for probably another few hours. I know, I know. Because he's... he's Still, I mean, he answered well and he speaks so well. I mean, some of the words he's using, I'm thinking, we would never come out with something like that. That's how you should be saying it properly. Uh, he explains, but he takes his time over things uh, and he's very detailed in, in what he says. But there's always a little bit of intrigue there, isn't there? There's always there, you, there want is. to, you want to go back, but there were other things that we wanted to speak to him about. Yeah, and there is. And what was nice is it, it wasn't, that wasn't your typical PR interview. No. Yeah, for sure. The team's working well. You know, hopefully tyres are going to be good this year. All that bullshit that we've heard a million times. He thought about the questions. If he didn't understand the questions, he asked you to repeat yours. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He thought, because he wanted to give you an honest answer and clear. And that's what he's like, isn't he? He's a very clear, intelligent. straightforward, intelligent. He's intelligent. That that, that yeah. comes across, I think, with, with Frankie a lot. Yeah. Um, 
that, that he's he's a, a thinking a thinking man's rider. Yeah, well, think about the grid, the, the, the MotoGP riders. Who would you put in front of him in regards of intelligence or or equal? There aren't many, is there? Not like, many, no. Miguel Oliveira, I would say. Yeah, Miguel, definitely. Miguel is, yeah, he's smart. But, yeah. you know, the rest are out of the same mould, aren't they? A lot of them. Yeah, yeah. The, you know. The, raw. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, and do you think... Do you think that he has the ability to get to the podium, as he said this year? Yes. Bearing in mind what he showed last year. And it was true, wasn't it? He qualified fantastic. He looked brilliant during practice. Yet, when it got to the race itself, was found wanting in the latter stages. Yep. And he answered that question well. I am I'm, Now I'm 100% confident that he will be on the podium this year and potentially... Well, if you're on the podium, you, you know, you're going to be battling for, for wins. So, if you're battling for wins, you have a chance of nicking the odd one. So... Yeah, he's, incre- he's an incredible talent. And the inter- interesting part was he got caught up in the team with being the slower of the two. So his focus, and it's stressful when your teammate's faster than you, it's really hard, especially when your teammate's a rookie that nobody expected anything from. Of. Mm. So what, 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 what happens... Have you been in caught... that position? Have you been in that position ever? Well, yeah, it's, yeah, a few times, and it's, it's hard. And what you do is you focus on trying to be faster. You think I'm stating the obvious... But whilst you're focusing on trying to be faster, you're taking your eye off. You actually need to be fast in the race. So um, Fabio, Quart- Fabio Quartararo was fast in every session, if you think about him, last year. Yeah. I mean, he topped so many sessions. So what's happening is Frankie's then focusing on, let's stick another tyre in and let's try and, you know, I need, to, mm. I need to find some time. But whilst you're doing all that, you're taking time away from, no, we need to make sure the setting feels good after 15 laps. What does it or what does it feel like after fifteen laps? So I think that's what he's saying. He got caught up in that, which is an, an easy mistake to make. But but he won't get caught up in it again, will he? You know what I mean? He, he knows what he's done wrong there. So I did like what race. I, I, I like the fact that he said when they got down to testing, it was about performance, uh, and the performance was there straight away, so they yeah. could concentrate on the other side. But to me, he seems because of the way he is, and he he said it himself, didn't he? Uh, don't rush things, basically. That was what yeah. I took from him, him as a kind of advice. Don't rush things. And it's like it's worked for him in his career. Things have come to him a little bit later, and you just think with a year on the bike, what's he going to be like in his second year on the bike? Could he Could he surpass Fabio? Could he do that? Fabio's had one year stellar rookie, but we've seen before with Fabio him have great first years or, or be yeah. fla- flash, uh, be, you know, have this uh, flashes of brilliance, but then drop back. There's a possibility that if things don't work straight away for Fabio, we don't want it to happen because he's an exciting prospect too. But there is a possibility that then that starts working on his mental side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to beat him, but I, I genuinely think he's got the chance to be at similar speed to him. So he'll beat him in the odd race. But Fabio is something special, isn't he? You yeah. know what I mean? So, I mean, it's just a, it's another subplot in it it's another keep your eye on that team you know he's got year. he's got he's got someone in his box there as well someone in his gang not to mention Stewie Miller who he did the Scott who's in his uh, crew who is important that he pointed out with Scott but he's got someone as his crew chief in Ramon Forcada who has done the business I mean he's been round the block more times than care to imagine someone who has worked with the best throughout his career and taking people like Hoy Lorenzo to world championships. That's not a bad person, is it, to have in your corner? No, no. To have someone with that experience who knows how to win and he expects to win, that plays a massive part. I've said it, I've said it before. I've had, I've had great crew chiefs. A crew chief works almost as a sports psychologist, I tell you, when you get a good one, because they get to know you and they, get, they know when you're down, they know when you need a hug or they kick up the backside and they know how to press your buttons. A good one will. You know, a bad one won't. So, it's it's interesting. And um, yeah, Fakada, he's uh, he's got the experience. It is Fakada in it. How do I pronounce his name? Yeah, for Fakada. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can. Well, it's you Ficarda, can, you can say it as you want. Yeah. To try and make it sound funny, but you know. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. That's how I'd say it. No, but throughout the years, he's worked. You know, he has worked with yeah. a lot of people over the years. Yeah. You know, whether old be, Ramon, old Ramon, yeah, Ramon. As, Ram, in, he's not, like as in, as in the noodles. 
As in the noodles. Way. Blooming neck. Blooming neck. Right, Gav. I've got to get back to work. Oh, Some sorry. Sorry. I thought you were on Some your uh, work. on your lunch break. I only get half an hour. Oh God. Dicky's gonna. Dicky's gonna go mad. He's gonna, dock, he's gonna dock your pay. I bet he is. No, I bet he... as well. You're asking for money, aren't you? At the end of this. Shut up. As if I'm like that. Right. Listen. Dickie's you are, gonna... aren't you? Are you getting your little, little little one of those little brown those brown pay packets, the little ones? Oh, I'm not joking. I would, I would love to receive one of them. The old um, brown pay packet. Oh, that feeling of and it's folded up inside it. Yeah, there is not a better feeling, is there? No, but I'll do, I'll, it's worse I'll tell... though when it when it's heavy because it's got all coins in the bottom. You think when it's all coins? I remember that when I was a YTS builder. Honestly, Gav, you know you hear people say it, but genuinely, I got paid twenty nine pound fifty a week for a, for a year, and the boss, like a lot of my mates, were YTS uh, builders and joiners. And their, their bosses would always put a bit extra in. My bloody boss never did. So £29.50 bloody a week. And do you know what I had to do? Honestly, I'm not exaggerating. I had to pay a £15 board. Obviously. So you, you, weren't left, you, weren't left, you weren't left with a lot, was you? Anyway, back to, listen, back to, I'm going back into the spray shop. I'm going to tell Dickie, look, I'm sorry I've been on a bit. But I've got some good news. We're going to be, I'm going to get some fairings from VR46 to spray up. How's that sound? I'll tell you what. It sounded interested, didn't it? He did, I yeah, think. He sounded, yeah. he, sounded, he sounded interested. Yeah, a bit of business. Got some business you know, for you on the east coast yeah, of Italy, Dicky. I just, I was doing a deal. Yeah. How much see. is how much is fluorescent paint? <laughs> how much is fluorescent yellow I'll and fluorescent green you. paint? <laughs> Bloody expensive. Yeah, yeah. A pot. A pot. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Right. Um, Good Thanks chat, very Gav. much to Frankie. Yeah, he was actually yeah. really enjoyed that. A uh, little Good bit chat. shorter than usual, but uh, we have no, got it, some more it, coming it, for it, you it, very soon indeed. <laughs> Shut up, you absolute We dick. do, we do. We've got someone coming up for you shortly. Danilo Petrucci. I didn't what? say that. No, but you, 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 you're always insinuating it. It's I've annoying not, me. I've not said anything of the sort. Gav, uh, I'm going right, to have to mate. go, but listen, Gav, I'm going to have to go, but remember, I love you. Get away. Go on. See you later. Bye. Bye. All right, love you. Bye. 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 Thanks, everyone. Bye.